Kurgan. He is the strongest of all the immortals. He is the perfect warrior. If he wins the prize, mortal man would suffer an eternity of darkness. How do you fight such a savage? With heart, faith, steel. In the end, there can be only one. Popheads and welcome to issue 100 of the TomCast Popcast, coming to you once again from seclusion in the Tom Cave. My name is Tom. Thank you so very, very much for listening to this quality independent podcast. You can follow our show on social media at TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. And finally, you can head over to Patreon.com forward slash TomCast Popcast, where you can sign up and become an official member of Pophead Nation. Thank you to my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. He's also the Ringing Ear podcast co-host. So head over there, check that out. If you are a fan of high-end music-based podcasts. Also, thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles, and the Squid Master General himself, Mr. Brian Broussard. Thank you all for being Patreons, uh, especially so much so on this big special episode of the show i can't thank you all enough for being here for as long as you have been Uh, and finally please subscribe to this podcast on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify whatever platform it is you prefer to use uh like subscribe share the show and if you have the time and the inclination please give us a five-star review they go a really really long way to helping get the word out about uh the, the the quality the quality show that you're listening to um and that's right this is a quality show. I'm going to say it because right now we are celebrating episode 100. And listen, we're not going to go and do some kind of big hu- hullabaloo, hoopla, shebang, whizbang. You know, that's not really our, our cup of tea. It's, it's going to be kind of business as usual. But you may notice that the show's getting a little bit of a refresh as far as uh, a uh, brand spanking new logo to look at uh, done by... The Godfather himself, Mr. Cody Thompson of Beer Night in San Diego. The other podcast that I am on sometimes. <laughs> Scheduling issues have prevented me from being on recently. But uh, I am still a member of that show and I will be back, be back on it very soon. But again, this is episode 100 of the TomCast podcast. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think there were times when it didn't seem like it would ever get to this number. Yeah. <laughs> We've we've come a long way since uh, since the first episode of the show, and uh, if you've been here since the beginning or whether you came aboard later on, uh, thank you so much for coming on the journey with me. I I, I I hope we are we are giving you a good product over here that you that you find entertaining and 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 provide some kind of joy in your life. Um, and yeah, and that's all I got to say about that because uh, like I said, it's, it's business as usual. It's, it's no time to to reflect on the past we we're moving forward and that's that's basically what the logo the new logo is going to be uh, emblematic of is uh we're, we're we're blazing our new path in 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 with episode 100 forward you know and uh that would be a, a covid driven podcast where we are still 
relegated to uh, the roving, rotating co-hosts via Skype and FaceTime and whatever other platforms we can we can make accessible. Uh, but that's actually the perfect segue to thank the people who have been my co-hosts uh, for these 100 episodes. And uh, the, the, on that list is... Uh, is, is the godfather himself, Cody Thompson. He's been on episodes with me. My, my dear sweet brother, Mark, who kicked this all off with me doing an Avengers podcast. Uh, he's been on the show a couple times doing some good stuff. To my friend, Reagan Myers. Shout out to you, my friend. You came on board. You did some Star Trek episodes with me that were a lot of fun. Thank you to Ken Garten for coming on and doing the uh, Iron Man show. Who else? Thank you to Jeff Nail, the Batman of Bay Park. He and his lovely wife have also been on this this podcast, and uh, they they you know they they have seen it grow as well. They know things are a little bit better now, <laughs> but they had to get better, or else we were going to die. And uh, most importantly, big thank you to uh, the guy you're going to hear from today. Uh, thank you to the one and the only Roger Smith, aka Jedi Raj. Uh, Roger's been on; he's been the co-host on uh, uh, the vast majority of the episodes, and. Uh, uh, it's been a lot of fun to to get to get to know Roger better and to hang out with Roger and, and have these fun conversations. So uh, say, thank you to everyone who's been a part of the show, and uh, you know I hope to bring uh, a, a bigger diverse cast into the into the show moving forward. You know as we kind of blaze this new COVID path where we're we're getting people on via Skype and stuff like that. I actually I'm kind of looking forward to trying to get uh, uh, some some guest guests like uh, you know people who. Whose names have an oeuvre to them, and uh, would be interesting interviews. So we'll see if we can make that happen. Uh, as you know, more more things are getting shut back down again. More and more people are going back home, and uh, not able to leave their homes anymore. So maybe we'll get a couple guest or two who can talk about something radical. Anyways, we've 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 talked enough about that aspect of things. Uh, today we have we have uh, a li- we have a little bit of news, uh, but the main thing we're going to talk about is is the new Netflix movie. Uh, I'm not sure Netflix movie is the right way to say it, but it, it, for the for the the uninitiated, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, it is called The Old Guard. It airs on the streaming service known as Netflix. How about that? Uh, but it's actually based on a comic book, and that means it is something that I am very familiar with, and uh, it's going to be a good time to talk about the, about that comic book and about the the Netflix movie. Uh, I'll, I'll say right now before we even get Roger on the on the other line. Uh, I really, 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 really enjoyed this movie. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it again uh, here in the near, very near future. Uh, and uh, going, I actually went back to reread the comic too because it seemed like it was pretty darn faithful. But I, I noticed a few changes. So that said, uh, there will be some spoilers for this episode, for the movie, for the comic book. So if you are planning to 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 read that comic, if you're planning to watch the movie soon, if you haven't quite watched it just yet, uh, I definitely recommend. Watching the movie first, and then coming back into the podcast, and because we're we're going to talk about some stuff that maybe you don't want to know ahead of time. Now, if you're if you're not uh, intimidated or daunted by the idea of the spoilers, and you can you can handle the conversation, uh, we're here for you. We got the show ready to go, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. That is the crux of this 100th episode of the Tomcast Podcast. And uh, before we dive into it, I want to say thank you once again for listening. Whether you've been here since episode one or you you came on board with episode 55. Maybe you came on board episode episode thirty, our, our amazing Batman eighty nine tribute episode. Whatever it was, I, I I'm glad you're here. I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping that uh, we're providing you with with some good entertainment, some good, some good content, and uh, I, I thank you for for t- taking the time to download and listen to the show. It, it it truly does mean the world to me. Uh, this is um, 
uh, a passion project. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're not looking to get, uh, uh, you know, Kevin Smith podcast famous or anything like that, but, uh, we're, we're having a good time. And, and as long as you guys keep listening to the show, I'm going to keep making them. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening, uh, and listening to this, I guess, milestone, uh, episode issue of the show issue episode 100. Is that confusing when I do that episode issue? You know, we kind of do it like a comic book, but at the same time, it's a podcast, so it's episodes. Anyways, let's get into the show. Here we go. I'm going to bring on Raj. So buckle up. Hold on to your butts. You don't have to do this to impress me. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. Roger, how the heck are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. A lot better now that I'm back. <laughs> you had a uh, had a busy weekend, man. How's the skateboarding going? Uh, it's pretty good. Um, I mean, I haven't fallen off yet, so that's a good start. Are you shredding the rad, as they say? I don't know if they say that though. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know what they say anymore. Um, but I'm doing something. So, moving on the board is fun. <laughs> Be sure to find all those great '80s skateboard movies. Uh, they're gonna have all the best tips for you. I think there's a great one with a with a. Ooh, I think it was Christian Slater called Gleaming the Cube. It's right up your alley. <laughs> that sounds awesome. We'll have to check it out. <laughs> uh, Roger, what I, I think, as we do on this show, we like to consume. What are you drinking today, my friend? Today I am drinking the super awesome Ruined Again Triple IPA from Stone. Roger, shut the fuck up, because that's exactly what I'm drinking too. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, the, the stars align and we were vibing. <laughs> that's fucking crazy we did not plan that ahead of time folks i, I promise that was completely random <laughs> nice yeah, pull though super funny yeah 10.8 percent <laughs> triple ipa uh if I'm, I'm sure if you if you are a longtime listener of beer night in san diego you you have probably heard me wax poetic about stone's ruination ipa yeah. several times uh it is it, it was a, a formative beer in my yeah uh, expanding beer knowledge i suppose or my my falling in love with the craft beer world that that beer was a big deal sure yeah i think ruination is definitely i'd say probably still to this day one of my top five beers like i just i love that beer so much like once i truly became an ipa fan ruination was just like everything i wanted and i've i've had like such awesome experiences with the ruin 10 the old triple ipa yeah um you know before they started the formula that was like my favorite triple ipa so that was definitely definitely up there and i think this one holds good to the legacy i think it's better than uh the past few years uh we'd actually been missing their triple ipa for a couple of years now uh so it's been a while since we've had one from stone yeah they they aren't doing they aren't doing it as regularly uh when when, when ruination first went away as a, as a regularly available beer from Stone was, yeah. was very heartbreaking, and um, and then they did like the Ruin Ten, and then they've every couple of years they've sort of re-released Ruin Ten, and then I, I yeah I think it's been three or four years since the last release. Yeah, I think so. It's it's definitely been a while because that was one that would always come out around my birthday, mm -hmm. so it was one that I would definitely look forward to just getting you know bottles of that, um, and just having a good time. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> right, it, it's it's currently available in a, a lovely. Uh, uh, 12 ounce cans available in a six pack, yeah. uh, easily available to pick up at, at finer, uh, beer, beer selling outlets across the country. I would imagine. 
Yep, seems like it. Yeah, get your hands on this because uh, this is going to end your night real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if so you're not looking to stay up and, and drink beers constantly, if you're like, yeah, you know what, I just want to get drunk real fast, this might be the one. <laughs> just have, finish the whole six and uh, you'll just be out. Yeah, exactly. Or it might be a week. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a weird, wild one uh, with you and I both drinking this beer. So if, if it goes off the rails quickly, we'll have to send a note to Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's their fault. Yeah, sure. oh, 100% their fault. Uh, I take no responsibility for what comes out of my mouth after the first sip of this beer. <laughs> now, now, Roger, uh, it's kind of a, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it's a big deal, but th- this, is, this is episode 100, man. It's 100 already? How'd we do that? I don't know. I mean, and you've been on the vast majority of them as as my cohort, my, my colleague, and... Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I don't think we ever thought the day would get here, especially after looking back at some of our early ones. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we, we've come a long way since The Predator. So, uh... <laughs> that was, I feel like uh, we're taking a lot of... Lately, you and I have been taking a lot of fun of, of kind of bashing that episode from us, but that's okay. <laughs> it, it was good at the time, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I hope your internet connection can see this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something that's not good for podcasting. I'm going to show you a picture of something. Uh, okay. So the listeners at home will be riveted by this. All right, let's see what's coming. Can you see it? Can you make it out? Uh, it's a little choppy right now. Let me see. It's uh, it's definitely a well. Large all right, frame, Let... of <laughs> <laughs> the theater of the mind part of the show is going to have to come to an end because we can't leave the listeners in the dark with this. But it's a really rad. I just picked up the new. Uh, not, it's, it's not new. This has been out for a couple years, but it's for me. It's a new piece of art. And it's mm. a it's it's a, a new rendering, kind of like a B movie rendering of the Predator movie poster. And oh, nice! It's a, it's by an artist named JJ uh, Lendl, and I've seen it at Comic Con the last couple of years, and it kind of had been calling my name those all yeah. those years. And I, I would I was I would always leave. I was like, ah, I should have bought that damn thing. I probably, it probably won't be there again. Uh, and then uh, one night. After a few beers, I had, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you get on the internet after a couple of drinks and you start going down rabbit holes and, and one thing leads to another and you're like, all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I know that fucking art. And I, I found, I found like the, the, the art, I guess, I guess art gallery is the right word, that, uh, yeah. that all these awesome pop culture uh, art prints are, are housed at. You know, so they, oh, have, okay. they have Alien Predator stuff, they have Star Wars stuff, there's Simpsons stuff, there's X-Files stuff. Um, like I said, if you've been to Comic Con, you have probably mm-hmm. seen them there. And they yeah. have a really big uh, booth set up, and all these art, amazing art prints up on the walls. And so uh, I placed an order, Raj, and <laughs> I now have a sweet piece of Predator art that I will, I will, I will take a, I will take a picture of, and uh, post it on the on the on the Instagram so you can take a look and see what I'm yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Because of course my camera's <laughs> not good enough to show it to you over the over the over the skypes. <laughs> that's super cool though. but yeah, despite that episode it. despite that episode of ours way back when still got the love for predator it has not gone we, away we love the original yeah. we, we do love the original uh also something that's a little bit different for this episode this is just real quick i just kind of sort of came across this and i was like yeah. well I, we have to give this a, a shout out um sure. we don't we don't we don't do birthdays on this podcast we don't we don't <laughs> care but <laughs> two birthdays happen to be today that I think are fairly significant to this podcast, and okay. that would be Mr. Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, oh. Han Solo himself, celebrating his 78th birthday. Wow. And then the, uh, 
the one, the only Jean-Luc Picard, Mr. Patrick Stewart. You may know him better as Professor X. He turned 80 today. Wow. I was like, holy smokes, that's pretty crazy. And they, I think they did that just for our 100th episode. They decided to celebrate their birthdays today for us. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah, no, speaking of Harrison Ford, actually for my birthday, one of my really close friends, uh, super awesome, got me a signed copy by Harrison Ford of the Empire Strikes Back script. What? Yeah. Yeah, she got it off, I, I don't know, off eBay or something. But yeah, she got that. And I haven't now, I haven't looked through it yet. Because I just like I don't even want to open it, you know. <laughs> but it's like you can't lay hands I, on it. Yeah, I'm just like oh, just like I, I see his signature there up front, and I'm like oh man. And this is like the original script of like what he read, as opposed to what uh, we saw in the theaters. So so it, it probably has that 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 fake out version of the, yeah. of the Vader scene. Yeah, that's 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 what I've been told. So I'm excited. <laughs> that's really really cool. Yeah. Well, make sure you put that in your lock and key because uh, you might see a stranger looking outside your window later today. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get some weird eyes through my windows tonight. <laughs> Somebody's watching you. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Sorry. Sorry, folks. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm dying to talk to you about the main subject of our show today, but we do have some news things to kind of get through. Yeah, we do. And, uh, you know, hey, let, let's, let's, talk, so let's talk some news. What do you say? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, so a couple episodes ago, we, we, we talked a little bit about the the, the controversy around <laughs> the Batwoman on the, on the CW. Yeah, we did. And, uh, well, in, in recent weeks, they have announced the new Batwoman. Yeah. And it is a uh, actor named, I'm, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, Gavica Leslie. And she will be yeah, playing I, a character named Ryan Wilder. <laughs> it's uh, Van Wilder's sister. I'm, I can only assume. <laughs> I, um, I'm excited about the casting in a lot of ways because I, I, I thought this was a show that had a lot of really great potential, but it yeah. never really delivered on it in, in that first season. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so maybe this new Batwoman can, can kind of bring that enthusiasm back. Yeah. Uh, but some of the stuff they leaked about her character, I, I don't think I was like – super enthusiastic about it i mean it almost sounded like they're giving her a jason todd-esque origin yeah kind of seemed like it from what i read too yeah kind of a, you know a bit of a troubled past a uh, rough around the edges kind of character um, yeah don't know how i feel about that necessarily but that may not be 100 percent what ends up being on the screen anyways sure um again we we know nothing about mm-hmm. what's going to do in, in season two of batwoman uh, but how, how did you have any thoughts about the casting? Uh, I I don't know much about the actress. Uh, I think um, you know she's definitely uh, probably pretty capable of holding down the the Batwoman cowl. You know, um, one thing that I was thinking about that I don't know it might be a bait and switch type thing, but I thought it would have been really cool if and I don't know if you've uh, if you're familiar with it in the Future's End uh, Batgirl uh, series. Uh, you know how they had the the one-offs for all the Futures End for sure. each, each series? Uh, in that one, there was actually an issue where there was, uh, you know, the, the bad future was like there was uh, three Batgirls. It was like a League of Batgirls or something. So, you know, you had uh, Cassandra Kane, You had, uh, I think, Stephanie Brown. 
And the third one was Tiffany Fox, which was oh, Lucius's sister. Okay. Yeah, Lucius's daughter. Yeah. Right. And I, I would have thought that would have been a cool way to go about it. You know, just to like have that kind of tie in. That's like she's such like a like a niche character. I don't know that she's actually appeared in much else, mm-hmm. but um, that, I thought that would have been like a cool way to go about it. It is possible that the you know the Ryan Wilder is just kind of a alias. I mean, the name itself kind of sounds made up, to be honest. But uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, like you said, we we don't really know much about where else it's going, so uh, it can't get worse. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's uh, the the general consensus. It's also exciting that uh, uh, for the first time on on any screen of any size, we we will have a a uh, a, a uh, how do what's the best way to put it a a black portrayal of a bat character. Yeah, yeah, because we we've never had a uh, Luke Fox in live action as a uh, Batwing. So right, only in animated stuff, I think. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think animated was the closest. I guess this is like the the live action equivalent of that. And again, like I said, I, I you know I don't I don't know how this is all going to pan out. Uh, I mm-hmm. I was not stoked on the first season of Batwoman. Maybe, yeah. I'll, I'll, but I might be curious enough to try the first couple of season two. See if it gets. Any yeah, better. yeah, I think it'd be worth a watch. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely optimistic for it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, since we're talking about DC Warner Brothers stuff, we'll just kind of stay in that in that vein right now. Uh, sure. Another show we talked about recently, Stargirl, renewed for season two. Yeah, I saw that. How about that? <laughs> Pretty happy. Yeah. Um, have you been keeping up? You know, honestly, I haven't been able to watch too much stuff lately. It's been kind of busy. But I definitely do want to pick that back up and, uh, you know, pick up where I left off last time when we were talking about it. Uh, I still, you know, have nothing but good sentiments about the show. I don't know if you've been uh, following up with it too. I, I I am still current on the show, and mm-hmm. I have really been enjoying it. They, they did a, a, a little two part episode uh, where they introduced oh. a. Uh, they they kind of. They kind of did that thing that we talked about with with the bully character at school. Oh, okay. And it was it was kind of what we thought it was going to be, and what we were kind of like, oh, I hope they don't do that. But they did. But it was still kind of cool. It, it kind of okay. worked, and I was like. All right, I'm not as mad about this as I thought I was going to be, or sure. I guess not mad, but like upset about. Uh, yeah. So, I, 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 and that that show's racing towards its 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 season one conclusion at this point, and I I think it's been really really strong, and I, I am really really liking it. Although I I still suffer from that. I think I talked to you about it before. I still suffer from that one thing where I know I'm too old for this show because I keep <laughs> yelling at the TV. Why is no one listening to Pat? <laughs> someone listen to the yeah. adult sure <laughs> he's yeah, trying to like... save you <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's that was definitely my issue with like the early episodes too even i think even when the uh you know spoilers for like i think episode two or three you know somebody dies that you know star girl is friends with and you think that would put her on the path of like oh you know this is real Maybe I should take this seriously. But in the very same episode, she's like rushing towards danger anyway. And right. I'm like, so clearly that just didn't teach you anything. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, there, there's still there's still some some issues like that. Like I said, this show is not is, is far from flawless. Yeah. Um, but but I'm 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 along for the ride for sure. It hasn't done anything that I consider egregious. Sure. Um, and yeah. you know, obviously a, a young person. You know, I, I think we're not to relate Star Girl superheroics to. 
the false bravado of the dum-dums who don't want to wear masks because of COVID. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you, you kind of see that impetuousness and that, that false sense of invincibility that young people have. That is sure. very realistic. I mean, I remember being that, that kind of like nothing bad can happen to me when I was a teenager. I, 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 I suppose I can understand it to an extent. But like I said, I, th- I think my age and wisdom shows when I watch the show because I'm like, the adult's right. <laughs> Do it his way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think I was pretty convinced in college that I could be a real superhero. So I kind of get where this is coming from. <laughs> well, if you learned anything from Zack Snyder, it's that uh, Batman's superpower is money. So it, you know, yeah, that's all you really needed. needed. A whole lot of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark. I mean, <laughs> yeah, all you need is cash. Cash flow. Cash money, baby. Um, <laughs> the other side of the coin for the Stargirl news is that it's going to be exclusively on the CW now, which yeah. I feel like must be uh, uh, bad news for you because you still have the DC Universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least until the end of the year. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to renew it. Uh, I'm not sure you should. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like they're just not really supporting it that much. I mean, I'm getting, I guess I'm getting the animated stuff like a month after it comes out, which still doesn't seem great either. But, uh, you know, it's it's harder and harder to justify. I mean, I got it on the super cheap, uh, you know, lower price for like extra time when it first came out. Sure. But even then, you know, at this point, I don't think... I would have done the yearly, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sticking to more month by month now, uh, just with all my, you know, subscriptions, you know, Disney plus, uh, I tried a little bit of HBO max and you know, everything. So I think that's probably the way to go from here on out. Well, and so, and so much of the content that's on there is shifting over to HBO max anyways. Uh, like sure. I know doom patrol is already on HBO max and yeah, the Harley Quinn animated series is going to be going to HBO max soon. Mm. Uh, so it, it sort of seems like they're, their uh, HBO Max is kind of like cherry picking what's been working well for the yeah. for the DC Universe app, and uh, they're like, no, 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 we'll we'll keep these going over here, and then you guys just you know whatever over there. Yeah, I mean, basically, if Titan season three is HBO Max exclusive, I think that's just <laughs> the indicator of where it's all gone. Yeah, know, it, so. it almost seems inevitable at this point. Yeah, yeah. So it, we'll see what happens. I don't think we talked about it too, but but. Uh, uh, on the CW, the CW is going to be airing that the the first season, or the first and only season of Swamp Thing, actually, pretty soon. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think I did read that. I don't think we talked about it, but yeah, that yeah. was definitely something coming. No, it's something interesting, and I I think that more I think that particular that might have more to do with the fact that the CW just doesn't have a lot of shows to air right now when they can't sure. film anything. That is true. That's probably a good way to go about it, though. Yeah, get these kind of like underrepresented shows, give them a little more light. Well, it would also seem to me to be a good, really good time to, to you know, it, it sounds like Warner Brothers definitely suffers from this, like, too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Whereas, like, if, if somebody was really thinking about it, you know, you have a, a this DC Universe app, and it, it's mm. probably performing okay. Yeah. But it could be doing better. Um, so why wouldn't you use the summer to kind of put all your shows on there on the, on, put, put all your shows on like the CW and be like, Hey, if you want to come back for the next season, head over here and just, yeah. try, just try to like, you know, give them that, uh, that, that first taste is free kind of mentality, you know? Yeah. You think, I mean, that seems like a good approach, but you know, I don't know what they're doing over there. So nah, I don't know. <laughs> I, Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't run multi-million dollar empires. I uh, barely run a $10 podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
So yeah, so some good news for the cast of Stargirl in season two and the CW. Apparently not going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that is good. For now. I mean, assuming they can actually film a, a season two sometime in the near future. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I guess this will be the this this will wrap up our DC section of the news, I suppose. But yeah, have you heard the word about the Matt Reeves Go- GCPD Gotham Police Department show coming to HBO Max? You know, I, I just saw glimpses of it, but I didn't look into it too much other than just it's the HBO Max kind of uh, companion. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of details on it, but uh, supposedly the way the show's going to work, like you said, I mean, it's going to be a companion to his Batman film. Uh-huh. And so they can use this GCPD show to introduce characters or to kind of follow through with more characters that maybe are introduced in the movie or do vice versa kind of things or maybe use a season of that show to set up the next Batman movie possibly. Sure. Kind of like maybe you develop a villain through his trials and tribulations against the police. And I, you know, I don't know. There's not, like I said, there's not a lot of of detail just yet. Yeah. But it seems like an interesting approach to kind of have this, this, these, these kind of, like you said, I think you, you use the correct word companion show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really curious as to how it's going to play out because we saw how difficult that was with agents of shield and trying to like, wedge that into the movie continuity and i know this is probably going to be a lot easier just considering we just have the batman series of movies that are going to be coming out presumably eventually but um <laughs> you know yeah it's, it's it's hard to say if you know if the series is going to be like you know say we'll start it a few episodes before the movie comes out and then the movie comes out and then you know you have a few episodes afterwards to kind of maybe epilogue in a sense or set up like you said the sequels there, there's a lot of ways they could go about it, uh, and I'm curious to see, you know, what the structure will be. But I think it is kind of a cool way to kind of like intermingle the uh, different forms of media on that. Yeah, I think the potential's there. I'm, I'm always a little concerned. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's just you know, Warner Brothers doesn't really seem to to nail the execution on things. Though, yeah. though, I'm, I'm excited that this seems to be something that Matt Reeves wants to be involved in, since obviously mm-hmm. he's, he's the archetype or architect of the new Batman movie. Yeah, and I guess this new Batman universe, as it as it were. Uh, mm-hmm. So to see him involved in, the, in this GCPD show is pretty great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, again, the potential's there. It's just you know, can they can they uh, satisfy the hardcore Batman fans while also appealing to the the casual movie going audience who just wants to see a Batman flick? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 going to be tough, but uh, you know. As always, I'm hopeful for anything Batman, so we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, and I'll I'll take a moment again to to plug something. Uh, if if I'm sure the trade paperbacks are still available, or at the very least you can pick them up digitally. Uh, but mm-hmm. the G, the GCPD comic book, uh, written by Ed uh, by uh, excuse me by Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker, uh, with fantastic art by Michael Lark, uh, it's available in four <laughs> four uh, deluxe editions where you can get the entire series, and uh, that is phenomenal stuff <laughs> nice it's it's very uh, it's very uh, uh police procedural kind of stuff um mm. but you know now that i'm thinking about it police not very popular right now so yeah. do you you know i mean do you just try kind of ignore what's going on in the world with this show or do you have to try and address some of the inequalities in, in, in the police force and in the way their treatment of citizens. I, you know, I guess I'm just saying that there's a lot of possibility. How much do they decide to go for it as far as, as, you know, guts and, and, and just kind of putting it out there and being maybe giving people a different, uh, 
point of view on the police as opposed to the the kind of standard police TV drama that's been around for decades and decades? Sure. I think that's that's a great question, especially right now. Um, you know, just with everything that's been going on, I, I think there's there's so much happening on every side of the situation. And I think it'd be hard yeah. to ignore what's happening. Uh, even by the time this comes out, it's still going to be fresh on people's minds. Um, but, you know, Gotham City has always been a place with crooked cops. You know, this is kind of par for the course. You have a few good men and women, you know, just as the saying goes. But, right. you know, you have a few good cops in there that are basically trying to hold together. You know, you got people like Gordon and his small task force. And even that kind of stuff gets corruptible. And I think it'd be foolish not to address those kind of issues within that kind of real world uh you know, parallel. But um, I, I think it would be like just an important way to like see maybe another side of it. You know, it's like there's, you know, just it's, it's always tough right now because there's so much bad that you see just in the media of like, you know, what we've been seeing with bad cops. But, you know, it's you, you can't say that there's not good people out there, you know, and it's like there there has to be something. So, you know, you, you want to believe that there's people like Gordon yeah. in working in the police force and you know that's that's the kind of the the kind of people we need to bring up you know so I, I think i think it'd be great to see what they do with that i think they're they're gonna have a lot to work with and i think that's gonna work to their advantage if anything if they do it correctly yeah i i, I agree with you 100 percent uh because because the gcpd is supposed to be pretty corrupt from top to bottom uh yeah, you yeah. know there's a lot of, of different ways to kind of lean into that and 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 still be relevant to real world things at the same time. Um, sure. I just don't want to see that show where like I'm supposed to be shocked that somebody is on the <laughs> is on the take at the Gotham Gotham City Police Department. <laughs> like the shock should yeah. be the person who's not on the take. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways. But uh, yeah, we'll see. This is just recently announced news, so like we we know nothing. There's no there's, and nothing's filming basically. I, th- I think a handful of movies got the okay to film in Europe, but even they're having problems. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of tough right now, but it's, we'll it's, see how it goes it's again. super gnarly. Uh, the last, I got two more bits of thing, bits of news. Uh, we'll just hit them real quick because, uh, you know, we, we don't need to go too in, in depth on, on these particular, uh, Oh, real quick. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to talk, did you see the, uh, the new season, uh, Lucifer trailer? It just came out this morning. Uh, Lucifer is not a show that I watch. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I just figured, you know, since it's it's in the DC ish universe, I you know I watched a couple episodes of the first season and I did really like it. I just uh, have not been able to go back just yet. But I do know several okay. people who are big fans, and so I'm assuming they're quite excited for this. Yeah, no, like my wife and I, we're we're huge fans of the show. So um, basically, the you know the the premise of this season is you know Lucifer, the end of the last season, went back to hell. Spoilers. Um, and <laughs> as, as he does, you know, and uh, and this one picks up where, you know, it looks like, oh, he's back for some reason. But then you start to see, that, you know, in the trailer, he's acting funny. And then it turns out that Lucifer's twin brother is Michael, the archangel. And so the person that's kind of trying to be his doppelganger or whatever is actually Michael. So. I don't know where they're going with it and <laughs> it's kind of going to stress me out because I am not a huge fan of the doppelganger storylines where you have the, uh, the fake bad you come in and ruin your life. 
and then the real you has to come back and fix everything. Right. It's just like, I don't know. It just it feels tedious to me. It like it bothers me at my core. <laughs> but uh, it's As one it of those should. tropes that I'm just like, eh, I'm not a huge fan of it. But we'll see where it goes. Uh, you know, I, I love I love the actors on the show, and I'm I'm excited to see what they're gonna do. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for it. Like I said, just just that trope doesn't sit well with me all the time just kind of like stresses me out (laughs) but uh but yeah yeah it should be fun right on do you know when it's coming uh i want to say sometime in august but i'm not 100 sure on the exact date okay and that'll be on netflix right yes right on that's always good always good to have stuff lined up on netflix ready to go definitely (laughs) well this actually works out pretty well because the next show i was going to bring up is on another streaming platform Amazon Prime. Dun, dun. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, I think so too. One of <laughs> one of our favorite shows last year was was season one of The Boys. The yeah. trailer for season season two is out, and it looks spectacular <laughs> so far. Oh yes. <laughs> and uh, we're we're just mentioning this because we want to encourage people if you haven't seen the trailer uh, for the new season, or if for some reason you haven't watched season one of The Boys, uh, now is the time. Season two is going to be coming in September. Yeah. Now I I. I saw something that made it sound like they're releasing them one episode at a time this season, which concerned oh. me. Like weekly, maybe? Yeah, like like every Friday, new episode of The Boys on Amazon. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I'll be okay with it because it'll give me something to look forward to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Because the last one, it came out all at once, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was able to go through it pretty quickly. Yeah, well, maybe maybe they just want to keep people talking about it. For well, you know, and uh, there is something to be said about that too, because I'll be, I mean, when the, when the Mandalorian was airing, the the, the anticipation week to week yeah. of the of the next installment was was pretty high for me. So, uh, yeah, I think that might be kind of like the same thing uh, for the for the boys season two. Like, I'll I'll make sure to be, yeah. you know, I'll just have to make sure to carve out time on on Fridays to watch it, which is <laughs> sure Fridays are kind of a busy day for me, but we'll figure it out. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you know, and it'll it'll give us something to talk about on a weekly basis because yeah. I know you and me are going to keep very current with it, like we did for the Mando, um, and so you know, it'll definitely give us a, a weekly topic to hit upon. So. Yeah, and it'll it'll be me trying to record every uh, Billy Butcher soundbite from the episodes because <laughs> I mean, from, based on the trailer alone, he's just he's just going to be <laughs> spitting them like crazy. <laughs> oh man, I love. I love that guy. <laughs> Carl, Carl Urban is pretty awesome. <laughs> I do love him. Yep. Uh, and then I got one more bit of news. I was I was just kind of curious about. Um, yeah. You may be familiar with the movie version of this. I'm not sure you read the um, book or not. Uh, but they announced there's going to be a sequel to Ready Player One. Oh yeah, I, I did hear about that. It's called Ready Player Two. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> then the book is coming out uh, in November, I believe. Okay. And yeah. I was I was sort of curious. Uh, th- that book didn't come out that long ago, but it is com- it is a completely different world right now than yeah than when that book came out initially. And and uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of serious things going on in the world, and I'm 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 worried that uh, there's not much of a place for for kind of like pop culture nostalgia anymore because you know 
there's a, there's a big push to, to make you know changes in, in our, our real society in our real lives and you know kind of mm-hmm. diving into what you know what could easily be called nostalgia porn uh, yeah <laughs> like it, it, I, I just wonder if you if you had any thoughts on if you think the book and then I'm assuming it'll probably be a movie too uh, do you yeah, think it will eventually. resonate the way maybe the first one did? You know, it's, it's hard to say because I'm not sure. You know, I never read the, the original Ready Player One, so I only have my familiarity from the movie. Sure. And I, I love the movie just for, you know, all the cool, you know, bits of nostalgia, you know, seeing a, a freaking Gundam fight Mechagodzilla was one of the joys <laughs> of <laughs> I've only imagined, you know. But, you know, just these, these cool nostalgia scenes, you know, just seeing the DeLorean rip through a field of, like, mutants or whatever – it was just super cool stuff. Um, I, I definitely agree. You know, it's, it is, it is definitely a different world where we're trying to see change happen, you know, to this day in actual society, but if they play it right, maybe that's what the second book is going to focus on, you know, cause the first one was definitely like, we can make our paradise in the virtual world as the world around us is falling apart. Maybe the sequel is going to be, you know, taking that and, focusing it back on the real world you know and that might be the way to keep it relevant to show that you know we've had our escapism maybe now is the time for action that's a very good point roger well said i like that (laughs) so we'll see we'll see where we take that uh we'll see how they they uh give us that story but i think that's that's the smart way to go about it at this point yeah i i read the book and i watched the movie i i I did enjoy the book more than the film um uh-huh. The film's fine. The film's fine. I, I wish I kind of wish they had given um, Ben Mendelsohn more to do because I <laughs> yeah. think he's such a great villain. But I feel like he just he just kind of like walked around and made mean faces at people. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll be I'll be curious. I'll probably end up picking this book up. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll get back to you. We'll, we'll yeah. talk again in you know, November, December. We'll see how fast I can read it. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> All right, Raj. But uh, now it's time for the for the meat of the episode, and we don't oh, yes. we don't do Beyond Burgers on this on this podcast. This is nope. meat pure town. meat, pure raw wriggling fishy meat. Oh, that's oh, sorry. I was doing a Smeagol thing. Uh, <laughs> now the the the. The main reason, the, the big thing I wanted to talk about today, I, I was really excited to to watch this movie over the weekend. Uh, it was a yeah. comic book that I read when it came out two-ish years ago, uh, and that is, is the new Netflix movie, or the movie that is streaming on the Netflix, called The Old Guard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a premise that is just, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, this, this, this movie is probably for you, because I mean... It's about, oh, yeah. you know, immortal mercenaries running around doing cool shit throughout history, and, it, and it's pretty badass. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, were you were you familiar with the, with the property at all as a comic, or had you just seen the trailers or anything like that? I hadn't seen anything about it up until you mentioned watching it, and I'm like, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll check it out, and I loved it. So. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. All right, let's cut to the chase. Roger loved yeah. it. <laughs> I, I mean, and how can you not? Furiosa herself headlines this movie, Charlize Theron, and yeah, I thought she was fantastic in, in this movie oh, yeah. as 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 the central immortal character uh, who goes mm-hmm. by the name Andy. And yeah. uh, oh man, it's it's a really really strong picture, and in a lot of ways, uh, I think it it might be a little bit better than the comic book was. Like really? this, this is the rare, this is that rare instance where like the source material is really good and really strong. Uh-huh. Um, 
but to make it a compelling movie, they had to they had to change some things. And mm-hmm. I, I think there were things they changed for for the for the betterment of of the, the, the watching experience for fans or for you know, casual people. Yeah. Um, but also just from a storytelling perspective, like much like the decisions were like they all I was like, oh, that makes sense because now mm-hmm. the stakes are here. You know, yeah. uh, and I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to say the big one right now. So, spoiler warning. You know, I'm going to put that yeah. on the on the headline of the episode. But red the, alert. Yeah, red <laughs> alert. Fire, fire up the red alerts. Uh, but the biggest change uh, from the comic to the to the movie is Andy's loss of her immortality in the middle of the movie. Oh, so that wasn't from the comic. No, no. I, I, I went back and reread it because I was like, wait, I don't remember that. <laughs> and, Huh. I so I had to, I had to refresh my memory on that. I was like, okay, no, I was right. Okay, they they put yeah. that in the movie, and to me, it makes complete sense because, I mean, they say in the beginning of the movie, it's like they're they're immortal ish. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> up until a certain point. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the 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 refrain throughout the movie is that it, is that everything dies eventually. They just haven't reached yeah. there eventually yet. Mm-hmm. Sure, and. You know, we, we see it at, at different points in, in, in flashbacks of, of some of the other immortals that Andy has has, has worked with over uh-huh. time and them having their moment where they don't come back. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's definitely strongly hinted at. Uh, I think the reason why I liked it so much from the, uh, from a movie perspective is I, I, I felt like there had to be stakes like that. Like sure. we had to know that somebody on this team could die and not get up again. Yeah. And I thought, sure. it, I yeah. thought it, it led to a really compelling... Uh, uh, plot for the new character, the Nile character, uh-huh. uh, who, to be honest, in the comic book, she doesn't do that much. Really? Okay. No, she's she's there as like you know introduced much in the same way that she she is in in this movie. Um, yeah. But she doesn't help drive the the plot forward, the story forward in in, in any way. Okay, so she's more of like a reader parallel. So we exactly get the story. she's yeah. our entry point character. So that we can yeah, understand right. this crazy world of, the, of these, you know, immortal-ish uh, mercenaries. <laughs> yeah. As she becomes one of them in in, in this movie, she's much more uh, connected to the to the plot and into the the resolution of the film. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as as Andy realizes that she's basically mortal now and could die, uh-huh. at, at, you know, with one bullet. <laughs> and I'm going to cut ahead to the end here because we're we're kind of on the on the scene or on the on the topic of it. But I love yeah. at the climax of the film how each of the immortals is basically human shielding for Shelley yeah. Theron's character throughout <laughs> these. Like, and her character is still kicking a ton of ass. She is a kick-ass character from start to finish in this movie. Her yeah. becoming uh, mortal again doesn't really change that fact. And I love the fact yeah. that she still go for the throat the entire time. Yeah, it makes her arguably better. <laughs> yeah, well, and and because this movie starts off in in such a way where like. You know, we're we're getting the immortality is not all it's cracked up to be thing, and yeah. especially for Andy, who's lived the longest of all the characters. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I don't think they say it in the movie, but in the comics, it's implied she lives over six. She's lived over six thousand years. Which, oh, okay, that's yeah. a pretty good run. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, I'd take that. That's way more than the Highlander did. Yeah, uh, that's probably true. <laughs> so, you know, she's just really worn down and and run down by the whole process of of loving and losing people and all these things. And so she's very, um, I guess the best word I can think of is, 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 is melancholy. Sure. You know, there's a very melancholy feeling throughout the first part of the movie as they're just, 
you know, they're doing these things, but it's kind of like they, they do them because it's all they know to do. It's, it's, sure. especially for, for her, for her character. It's, it's like the repetition is the only thing she has to go on. Yeah. Yeah. And her gaining that mortality back reminds her that she has to, she should have been living every moment for every moment because yeah. again, they're immortal ish. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but she was kind of being, yeah. uh, you know, kind of a little callous about it all. Like, you know, it's never ending. It's never going to stop. It's, it just keeps going. Sure. I live so long. Mm. What did you think of of obviously Charlize is, is a big part of this, but I'm curious uh, your thoughts on on her her supporting characters uh, on on Nikki and, and and Joe and and Booker. You know, I loved all of them. I loved all of their characterizations. Um, I loved how their characters really got fleshed out throughout the entire movie. Um, honestly, I, I think this was like one of the best representations of like a gay couple in like a big budget movie like this. Like it was just, it felt so authentic without being like, this is all they are, you right. know, like they felt like people first and then with a special connection, you know? And it was, it was just something really cool to see, you know, just seeing that, that representation, but so done so naturally, so well done. Um, it, it was really cool. And, uh, and Booker was an awesome character. He just kind of had, you know, this, this underlying, you know, this loss that he was constantly struggling with. And it kind of, you know, spoilers drove him towards a bad direction towards the end. But right. Even then, it was almost like there was no there was no malintent behind it. He was trying to do something he thought was right, and it was uh, it was definitely something really cool to see. Like all their characters, uh, the characterization in them was great, and they were really really likable. And you know, their quips were funny, and they were awesome. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent on on uh, on the Joe and Nikki relationship. I thought they captured that so well. That was one of the the the, the uh, the film is very faithful to the old guard comic with with, with just minor changes. Like I said, to uh, to uh, 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 Jesus, to Niles' arc, and then obviously uh, the Andy's losing of her immortality. The being the biggest yeah. changes, um, but the Joe and Nikki stuff is almost beat for beat from the comic book, and it's it's okay. it's so good. And one of the one of my favorite things that they they kind of show it, but they don't really show it in the in the movie. But it, uh -huh. it, they you know they they definitely referenced it. But it's when uh -huh. they, when they first meet each other in the field of battle against each other in the Crusades, yeah. Christian versus Muslim, yeah. and it turns out they end up being like each other's like the love of their lives kind of thing. Sure, and yeah. They were the ones who killed each other the first time too, and then they kept <laughs> killing each other for a really long time. Yeah, I love I love how Booker references that. He's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, and they kept killing each other. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and like I, again, you watched you watched it today, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty fresh on my mind. Yeah, so because I don't I don't think they showed that part, but they, in in the comic book they kind of do that where it's like you just kind of see them killing each other and then killing each other and then killing each other. And yeah, it's pretty. Well yeah, they done. only make reference to it in the movie when they're talking about when they first met. And how they, you know, were, were taught to hate each other and they killed each other. And then I think, you know, Booker makes the offhand remark and then they kept killing each other or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, it was just something, it was just kind of a fun aside. It's like, okay, yeah, I can see that, like, after, you know, finding out you're immortal and being like, hey, no, but I still am supposed to kill this guy, right? So I guess we try again. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's uh, again, uh, and I think part of the part of the reason why, why the, it is a faithful adaptation and why the changes that they made worked uh, is because the man who wrote the comic book uh, 
wrote the screenplay and it, oh wow okay yeah and it there's a couple of really good interviews out with uh, with Greg Rucka who is the writer and creator of the old guard okay. co-creator of the old guard uh, created with awesome artist artist uh, Leandro Fernandez who uh, has done a ton of Punisher work and stuff for Marvel but this is a big creator own thing for him um, yeah so the excuse me when they when they initially sold the rights you know Rucka I'll just kind of summarize what he said in some interviews that I that I saw. Uh, yeah, he, he wanted he just the the deal for selling the rights film rights was that he gets first crack at a screenplay, and okay. they liked it basically. They're like, this is pretty good, <laughs> and so they they just kept working with him, kept working with him. So he got to write the actual screenplay for his for yeah. his characters, which he's had other properties uh, be adapted to into things. Uh, uh-huh. He created Stumptown, which is on ABC this season, which is another show I've talked about on the, on the podcast I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of. But he also created uh, some other properties that were not adapted as faithfully. <laughs> yeah. Like like White Out with Kate Beckinsale and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> sure. Not one of her finest pictures. <laughs> uh, but I think that's one reason why... Um, not that, that not just that it's so faithful, but uh, like I said, even those changes resonate as like, oh, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Like, that could have been... That totally would have worked in the comic book too. Yeah, yeah. So, so he basically made his own changes that kind of just adapted it better for the screen. Yeah, and it's not like he did that on his own. I mean, he got he was getting a lot of feedback from the producers and from uh, from Gina Price uh, Brithwood, who is the director of the movie. She okay. a- apparently is, is is quite the fan of the material. Um, I guess when they first had a meeting together, you know, she showed up with with just like tons and tons of, of composition notebooks full of, of of thoughts and ideas. But she also, wow. more importantly, had the trade paperback of the comic and was like, "Why aren't these scenes in the movie?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> let's let's put them in there. Fuck That's it." Awesome. <laughs> so I mean, That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it it sounds like it was a really neat collaborative experience especially for a, a guy who is known as a comic book writer uh sure. in, in this is his first real screenplay and it sounds like yeah, it was like a, just this cool. wonderful kind of coming together of things like all these people wanted to see this project succeed yeah and you know it it felt like it you know it was it's one of the better i think more cohesive graphic novel based movies that i've seen in a long time you know so it was really well done yeah i i think so too the action pieces are really really nice um Oh yeah, the, the the killing room floor scene what ha- that happens in the first ten minutes is yeah. is pretty damn impressive. And then you get the, you know, Niles kind of resistant to being told that she can't die anymore. Uh, <laughs> so they have that that fight on the airplane that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then obviously the climax of the film with all the action in in, in that third in that third uh third act is is yeah. is darn impressive. Uh, um, what? What's the best way to ask this one? The 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 Copley character played by a, a oh Chuaitel Idafor. I I'm gonna say, I knew I said his name wrong. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, though. He was in Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She would tell. She would tell Uh as Copley, the guy who sort of sells them out and and and, and discovers their secret. Uh, yeah. Again, he doesn't. He doesn't have a lot to do in the movie because it is mostly driven by the the immortal mercenaries and and the kind sure. of like, their journey. But what he does in the movie is impressive in the way that he kind of is trying to, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you kind of understand where he's coming from with selling them out to the pharmaceutical company with like yeah. the whole thing with his wife and, and trying to use them to cure like, all disease and illnesses in the world. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's something else that's so strong about the picture is that I love that they don't even know why they're immortal, why they're not dying. Yeah. 
and I, th- I think it was again. I think it was another scene that was uh, in the comic, but cut out of the film. Is is like uh-huh. is is uh, the the scientist, the doctor who's who's performing all the tests and all the autopsies on them and, and taking out their parts and stuff like that. They uh-huh. can't figure it out either, and they're like, "We don't know." Like it, according to everything we're looking at, they're just people. Yeah, I think that that would have been a, a cool uh, point for them to make, just kind of making it seem like you know we we don't know either. Like not even science has advanced enough to understand what's going on here yeah exactly and there's so much I, I, i'm so curious that uh, you know it's not like netflix is known for doing like director's cuts of things but i would i would be i would be stoked to watch a movie with a you know a slightly longer version of this film with some of the extra scenes that would have been that i have heard sure. of that were removed and, yeah definitely and i mean you know the film itself comes in at like about two hours yeah so it's not it's not a short movie by any means but it did not feel like it. Like it just the beats kept coming and it just flowed, you know. Yeah, and it's it, and like you, it, like you said, it's it's not a short movie, but it's not a long one either. So you know, if, sure. we're, if we're talking like an extra ten minutes, I don't think that'd be a big deal. Yeah, I think that'd be great. But uh, uh I don't know. It's it's really neat. Um, the, the I, I should read the cast of the movie. Let me do that real quick. We we named the we named the director, but aside from Charlize Theron, you have a you have uh-huh. Kiki Lane as Nile, uh, Matthias Schoenarts as Booker. Uh, Marwin Kanzari as Joe, Luca Marinelli as Nikki, and we we mentioned Chibatel AG4. Uh, that that's just like the main crux, the the, the central characters basically. Sure. Uh, yeah. You also have Harry Melling as Merrick, who is the big bad pharmaceutical guy who wants them. Yeah. Uh, for whatever whatever drug he's gonna create to charge you know rich people to live forever kind of thing. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Yep. It, it even in the comic book it was interesting. Um, going after kind of like big pharma in that way. Yeah, but it, the, another change from the comic was that uh, in the comic, book, the pharmaceutical guy is like super American. He, oh, really? He's like very brash and in your face, kind of like like I'm super rich, motherfucker. Uh, I I'm not sure if I like that change as much as I like the other changes in the film, but uh-huh. it, it was kind of interesting to have him as as kind of like the the this weird kind of like seedy, reedy English guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely was a he's weaselly. was a different way. Yeah, Weasley for sure. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, he makes he makes reference to himself being like the uh, youngest big pharma CEO or something. And I was wondering if that was like a shot at like Martin Screlly, <laughs> oh, oh. who was the guy. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's like you know one of the CEOs that basically is is he's in jail right now, but he's a big you know big pharma CEO guy that just doing really shady stuff sure. like. You know, like like you said, charging exorbitant amounts of money just because he could. You know, right, right, right. No, so uh, I, well, maybe. <laughs> no, I, 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 that wouldn't shock me at all. Greg Rucka is a is a very uh, knowledgeable writer. Yeah, uh, he he spends a, an inordinate amount of time researching things because he wants to make sure he gets uh, as many details right as he can. I mean, yeah. I, as, as, I've I've met Rucka a bunch of times at, at comic cons and a couple book signings and stuff like that. Oh, cool. He's 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 a really really nice guy. I've really enjoyed my interactions with him over the years, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and just from from going and talking to him and, and stuff like that, I know how meticulous he is. And yeah. and uh, again, I'll reference another another interview. I, I, I I've heard him. He, he's done a bunch in the last couple of days for the for the movie, obviously. Uh, but one yeah. of the thing one of the things that they that another change was they 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 reference. Um, a, a, a partner, a, a love, a former love of Andy's, uh, the, uh-huh. whose name is, is 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 Quinn. She's a Vietnamese. Yeah. 
uh, soldier that, that Andy encounters and becomes partners with over a long period of time, who has one of the most intense scenes in the movie, by the way, when Andy's yeah. flashing back to them being captured, like the last time Andy was captured, and why she's so adamant about rescuing uh, Joe and Nikki from capture, yeah. because the way people treated and abused them, and then obviously they were captured a long time ago, they were soon to be witches, and they thought they were going to be yeah. burned alive, except uh, the Quinn character is uh, instead put in the Iron Maiden and thrown off a boat of a ship. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. Just to, and to drown over and over and over again. Yeah, that's terrible. Fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just basically hell. <laughs> it, it really, really is. And they use that scene actually really, really well to set up a, a potential sequel to the film. Yeah. As apparently someone at some point in history uh, got her out of that thing. And now it looks like she's yeah. probably looking for a little little payback. It seems like. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I feel like it's going to be a bit of a, uh, like a, a Red Hood storyline where it's like she might have gone a little crazy from what happened to her, and maybe blames Andy for what happened, and maybe he's coming for her. Yeah. So well, we'll if, see. If you get a chance to read the comic book, which I do, I do, I do highly recommend. She, uh, Quinn Quinn is one of the changes because uh, in the comic book she's basically the. Uh, her character is, is called Noriko, and she has a, a Japanese ancestry and a Japanese history and things like that. Okay. Uh, but once they once they cast this actress who has a Vietnamese heritage, uh, this is what I was gonna, okay. this is what I was getting into with with Rucka's uh, meticulousness. He's like, oh yeah, we can change that, but I, I just need twenty four hours so I can like research it and make sure I'm not like being culturally offensive to anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So I mean, again, a really detailed oriented guy, and and uh, I love that. And the other thing too, the the Noriko character in the comic book. Uh-huh. Different fate. Really? So, yeah, there's a little bit of, of uh, again, again, another, I think a more uh, cinematic and visually impacting fate for the character in the movie than what happened in the comic book. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the, that, that, that visual of, of once that Iron Maiden's thrown overboard and it's sinking to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And you'll see the eyes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was that was rough for sure. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Oh, what else do we want to talk about about, the, about this movie, man? There was so much good <sighs> stuff. Like I said, it it, it hums along. It's really fast paced. Yeah, uh, I think the acting is really top notch. Charlize is uh-huh. is great as usual. Uh, yeah, it's, always. It's directed excellently. I really liked the uh, the girl Kiki Lane. I thought she was really good as Nile. Uh huh. And again, something I'm not super familiar with, but uh, you know, really strong performances throughout this picture. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, I think Charlize Theron just, like, nails her performance here. Uh, I think, honestly, I, I would put her up there as probably one of the top female action stars of Hollywood today. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, she she's nailed everything she's been in. And even if the movie itself doesn't do well, she's always the best part of it. You know, yeah. like, I recently saw Atomic Blonde, which I thought was pretty fun. Uh, that was really cool, and... You know, just like that, you know, the action scenes in this were just like so on point and you can tell she nails her choreography. Like it's not a bunch of like shaky cam stuff. It's like you see what she's doing and it looks badass. Yeah. And um, I'm really happy that it's going towards that direction. You know, I definitely put her up there with like Keanu Reeves level of just like dedication to getting it to look believable, you mm-hmm. know. And, you know, I I see her and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of times the problem with action stars, especially the trouble with like female action stars is that they put her up against somebody and it doesn't look believable. You know, it's like 
just weight class thing, that kind of stuff. But, you know, Charlize Theron is, she's pretty big, you know, she's, she's tall, I think. Um, and everything she does looks believable. Like she's throwing people around and it looks like that's something she could really do, you know? So it just adds to, you know, being more visceral. The action just feels real. Mm -hmm. And she just, you know, her dedication to it, you can really tell she cares about making it look good, you know? So definitely big props to her. Uh, if you're a Charlize Theron fan, you're going to love this one. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you said, the the way she kind of like nails the performance because I I do think it's a it's a hard role, and not just in the sense that like it's it's so action oriented and the, all the fight choreography you have to learn, but uh -huh. like Andy's in a lot of ways she's not a likable character because of where she starts to picture sure. at. You know, she's you know like, you know melancholy, morose, whatever it is you want to say about her. I mean, yeah. she's not someone who's looking to make friends, and and sometimes that can be a hard thing to pull off on screen so that you're still interested in watching that character. Sure. Sure. So you're, you're watching this character. Uh, what Charlie does so well is she, you're still fascinated by this character, even though you may not necessarily like think she's like your best bud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know, and that's, yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say, I mean, you may not want to hang out with her, you know, and, 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 you know, watch the Netflix, but <laughs> you definitely want, <laughs> you definitely want her to have your back in a fight. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, going going back to that, I think, you know, one of the uh, one of the problems I'll say that I'll parallel to, uh, for example, with Terminator Dark Fate, with the with the Grace character is that her character was very much similar in the fact that they started off. You didn't much care for the attitude of the character. It was very much, you know, cut and dry, no BS, like we're we're doing it my way or we're not doing it at all kind of thing. But, you know, the difference is, is like that character never became likable to me. Whereas this character, even though she was acting that way, you could tell it was coming from a different place. Mm -hmm. And because she just plays it, she acts it so well, she, you, you still like and want to know more about her character, regardless of maybe this this front that she's putting up. Yeah, and I think it just, it just comes down to like, you know, she, she is putting up a, a front because she's had to, you know, basically take herself away and kind of put up this barrier between her and the rest of the world, because you have to, otherwise your emotions would just be crushed at just losing everything over and over, you know? Well, and I, again, I think I throw it back to, to uh, uh, Kiki Lane's performances as Niall. Uh, yeah. You have to have a strong performance against Andy to a, a, a character who can push her and, yeah. and kind of get her to where you need her to be by the end of the movie. Sure. Yeah, and I think that's the real strength of of that dynamic between Charlize and Kiki is is that you can see this young character pushing this six thousand year old immortal in ways that she hasn't been pushed in a long time, and sure. I, I I really resonated, really connected with me. Again, like you said, I mean, she's six thousand years old. She knows every way to fight that's ever been invented, and she's probably forgotten more than you and I will ever know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, but you're watching that scene on the on the airplane, and it's just so fun, and it's so good. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, like. Their relationship's in a totally different place, uh -huh. and it's because of like this this sort of they may they still may not like each other, but there's this grudging respect for each other at the very least. Yeah, at least for sure. Yeah, no that that scene alone was like really good because it was probably the first scene in the movie where you can feel that Andy is actually kind of having a little bit of fun. You know, it's like oh I haven't I haven't fought someone this good in a while. You yeah, know? it's like she had a couple looks in on her. Yeah. Yeah, finally let go a little bit. So yeah, it was it was kind of cool. Definitely, it was a good fight scene. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a strong picture. I'm I'm hoping people are really watching it and really digging it. 
Um, because I, again, I thought they set up really nicely a sequel. Sure. Yeah. So I'd love to see that, how that kind of like plays through. Yeah. So, uh, was there anything in the movie that you weren't a huge fan of or changes that they made that you didn't really like too much? You know, there's one scene in the airplane, in the, in that airplane scene that I need to rewatch cause I, I, I feel like I missed something. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's when she's talking, uh, uh, Andy's been, uh, strapped down to the chair by, yeah, by Niall the, well, and, and yeah, Niall yeah. has the gun on the pilot and then Andy and the pilot are speaking Russian uh-huh. and then she like pretends to shoot the pilot yeah hey where'd the bullet go <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of a good question I, uh, I need to watch it again because I, I I can't tell if she like aims off to the side or something or or what or if she like hits a piece of the chair that's you know not center of the back or something I, I don't know that's the only thing I could think of in the movie that I was like wait what is happening here I thought she yeah she you know, because it, it, it plays out, you, you you think the pilot's been shot. Sure. But he's not. Unless you know Russian. Unless yeah. you know Russian. <laughs> because you told him to play dead. But it's like, you still shot a gun at the man. <laughs> and like, yeah. I didn't see a bullet go anywhere. Yeah, and, and shooting inside a plane is usually not a great idea. Yeah, so, uh... and so I'm wondering, if, like, did I miss a scene where like, she emptied the clip or something? Or, you know, I, I mean, she obviously fired something, so I, I, I couldn't imagine there being blanks in there. Yeah, it'd be kind of random to have blanks with you, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of a good question. Yeah, that's kind of the one thing I stumbled on. Um, I uh, I wasn't I wasn't super crazy. I I think I mentioned it to you, like uh, you know, you had the Weasley pharmaceutical CEO guy. Sure. Um, I kind of liked, I, or I kind of missed like the 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 brash over the top American who was the yeah. CEO yeah. pharmaceutical guy. Um, uh-huh. but I I think that was a change that made a certain amount of sense because I know they filmed a ton of the movie in London. So yeah. it just made sense to have it be an in English men, as, yeah. As the as the guy and, and they ch- they changed the character enough that I didn't it it wasn't like a like a weak imitation. Sure, sure. And then let me see what else. I would have liked the car chain. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say honestly, like for me, I think my only real gripe was the uh, there were some kind of weird musical choices in certain parts. You know what? Kind of felt a little. CW. You are 100% opinion. right. You are right. I forgot about that. I the the musical numbers that they chose I thought were a little odd. Yeah, it felt like a, like a CW kind of like uh random kind of pop song that you haven't really heard but they're trying to push it because it's part of their label or whatever. It just kind of felt a little forced in there and I'm like, I don't know that this is what I want to be listening to while I see her just taking out like 10 guys or something yeah i think you're right about that and i i couldn't i wasn't 100 percent sure if that was my bias towards i really like scores like like you know yeah you know, like, 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 a, uh, like an actual score or if it's yeah. like um i don't know maybe i'm just programmed by mortal Kombat and i want to hear techno music <laughs> while they're fighting <laughs> that would have been awesome you need to overdub it with the mortal Kombat theme. yeah <laughs> immortal Kombat. oh there you go. shit <laughs> I just wrote the sequel, folks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, no, I, I agree with you 100%. You're right about the music. Uh, that was something I noted, and I, to- I totally forgot about by today, though. But yeah, you're right. The music was weird. There were some weird choices yeah. with the music. It's not weird, like, off-putting, but you're just like, oh, that's a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I wouldn't have done that, but okay. <laughs> like, I didn't hate it. I just thought it was kind of weird. And like I said, you know, it reminded me of like a random CW, like I'm watching The Arrow or something. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> just like a random 
thing wedged in there. No, I, I think it was more like an episode of Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be even the better. Comparison. You know, some lame high school bands playing on the, the gymnasium floor. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You you uh, are right about that, sir. You are right. But um, yeah, honestly, other than that, though, I can't think of many complaints. It was definitely a top tier movie for me this I, year. I wouldn't even call mine complaints. They're, they are they are they were nits to be picked, but that's about it. Yeah. Like they they didn't Fair. diminish my overall enjoyment of the picture. So like like I said, I, I hope people uh, will go out and watch it. I hope they'll get a, get a chance to read the comic. The uh, the the sequel series. Uh, the it was, it's called uh, let's see, because the first volume is uh, is oh, the old guard opening fire is volume one, which is what most of the film is based off of, and then okay. at the beginning of the year, the second volume was coming out. It was called Force Multiplied, and. Okay. I was waiting. I was buying each issue, but I wasn't reading them because I wanted to have the whole thing so I could read them all at once or, yeah. or at least very close together uh, because I tend to forget things nowadays. <laughs> I can't wait 30 days between comics anymore or else, or else I forget what happened. Um, so I was waiting for the fifth issue to come out and then COVID happened and yeah. the comic industry got shut down. So the fifth issue hasn't been released yet. Though oh. I do believe it's on the schedule for either this Wednesday or the following Wednesday. It's coming out sometime this month. So huh. we'll be able to get the fifth and final issue of Volume 2 of The Old Guard. And uh, okay. the paperback will be out, I think, in August or September. That tends to be the yes. way things go, assuming the comic industry doesn't have to shut down again. Oh, man. Yeah, well, with the way things are going, I don't know. <laughs> well, right. I mean, here in California, they, they just start they, – everything they uh, – Everything that reopened is, is closed again. They they, they closed uh, bar- barbershops and salons and gyms and, and all of it today. I don't know if yeah, you saw so that. I hope you got your haircut because uh, you're not getting one. No, I, you know what? I didn't. I didn't get my haircut, but uh, I think maybe in, in retrospect, it maybe it was the best decision ever because apparently people were getting sick at the haircut or at the barbershop too. Oh, man, that's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, my hair still looks like shit. That's why I'm wearing a hat, Raj. Well, you know. I can't tell from here, so you're all good. <laughs> Ooh, it's a hot mess under this hat. Don't worry. <laughs> well, maybe you can go back to your long hair days. <laughs> oh. mm. It's getting too hot for that, Roger. Uh, actually, yeah, now's not the great time for it. <laughs> no, man. You can go outside now and uh, start steaming, steaming lobsters on the, on the sidewalk. <laughs> it is gnarly um, hot. Well, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the picture, man. I hope... Uh, if you get the chance to check out the comic book, I, I do recommend it. It's a lot of fun, and it, it's visually exciting because uh, Leandro Fernandez does crazy action sequences. Nice. And and you know, if you thought they're they're they're, they're fun to watch in the movie too. Don't get me wrong; they're crazy good in that. But you know, yeah. you, you know how it is in that in that 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 dual page format of the comic books. Oh yeah. You know, so you get, you get a lot of like, <laughs> it's like splash pages and like bullet shells kind of flying off the page. Really, uh, really fun, awesome. striking, striking stuff. Oh, yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, sure. apparently Leandro's actually in the movie in finger quotes. Uh, the scene okay. when uh, when the, when the immortals have the dream about Nile, because uh-huh. because that's how they they kind of become aware of each other. There's a dream when it first happens. Yeah, and uh, there's a scene where Joe does a sketch drawing of what he saw. That's that's uh-huh. actually Leandro's art in his hands doing the sketch. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, he got <laughs> that's he, super cool. He got the kind of cameo in his own movie a little bit. That's pretty fun. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, very very cool. Um, I guess I guess the only thing that we have to uh, left to answer is Roger in in the panthe the the vast pantheon of, of movies about immortals. <laughs> where does this rank for you? 
Is it better um, than Highlander? I mean, Highlander is uh, definitely holds a special place in all of our hearts. But I think this one definitely will stand the test of time. It's super fun. Uh, definitely probably one of my favorite movies like I've seen so far this year because they just did so well at you know everything about it. So really awesome stuff. I think I agree with you. I need, I need to give it a, uh, another watch through or two, but it, it might be better than Highlander as a, as a movie about immortals. <laughs> because you know, you know the we'll, big... We'll have to do a, a ranking list of immortal movies. <laughs> I don't think there's that many, so it's a really short list. Our shortest, our shortest podcast ever. It's an easy show. Like yeah. four flicks. <laughs> uh, what about... Um, oh, I was going to say... You know, it's funny. I was going to say... Uh, you know, we, we we already talked about how like it was kind of nice that they didn't bother trying to explain why they're immortal. Yeah, yeah. Be- because that that is the great downfall of Highlander is they bought they, they tried to explain and it's uh, like no, don't yeah. shut up. Yeah, stop it, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> You're not from planet Zeiss, man. Get over it. That's not real. It's made up bullshit. Yeah, the ancient aliens guy coming in there giving them plot ideas. <laughs> oh, it's not good. Not good, my friend. Oh, right, Roger. I don't. You know, I, I um feel like i've said everything i have to say about that picture yeah yeah it was uh definitely highly recommended if you haven't seen it go see it if uh if you heard the whole show well we spoiled it quite a bit but see it anyway <laughs> <laughs> still worth a watch still worth a yeah, watch definitely all right roger i'm gonna wrap it up bud how you feeling about the show pretty good i am indeed <laughs> uh i just want to say thank you so very much for for joining me on on the the majority of these 100 episodes we now have under our belt and uh, 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 happy 100th anniversary to you, sir. Yeah, likewise, man. It's been it's been awesome being on the show. And, uh, you know, I thank you for inviting me back at that first Predator show. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the first one you did? I Yeah, I came on for the, the original Predator. We, we did the show, and we just were talking our, our loves on the, the acting, the soundtrack, just everything <laughs> we could possibly think about for the movie. So... Yeah, that's that's what started it. Oh man! Well, there you go. That was God. It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can insert a Jesse Ventura quote here. <laughs> Good idea. I like that, Raj. Hey, Raj. Yes. Uh, before I let you go, there was yeah. one more piece of news I didn't get to. Oh, what's that? I don't know if you saw this today or not, but there's going to be a Star Wars: The Clone Wars animated series spinoff show coming. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did see this. If if you got to check out the final season of Star Wars the Clone Wars that aired on Disney Plus, you might remember they opened up with a big three-part episode uh, that featured the Bad Batch, a batch a batch of clones <laughs> that is fundamentally different from the other clones that we've seen thus far and they're going to get their own show. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I like that too. Uh, more, more of the Clone Wars is always, is always a good thing. I, I don't know if you guys have finished your your watching of the series, but it's top notch entertainment. Yeah, no, I I was scrolling through the feed today, and uh, I completely misread the title when I first scrolled through it, and I'm like, Star Wars: The Bad Bitch. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's pretty uh bold of them to do. <laughs> well you know what's funny when when I first read it I was like wait a second is that like a reference to the Gremlins movie <laughs> <laughs> that would be a cool reference that if that was the new batch not the not the bad batch yeah but the new batch was bad so 
<laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? I mean, you? the the actual gremlins, not the movie. Oh, all right. Thank God. <laughs> how, how how can you talk crap? about gizmo with a with a monero made out of a rubber band and paper clip or just uh <laughs> or just uh, christopher lee as like a, a a late night tv show was he dracula i think in that that's pretty great <laughs> i mean yeah he would fit the part <laughs> yeah 100 percent. all right now we'll wrap it up i'll let you get out of here all bud. right <laughs> <laughs> sounds good i will talk to you soon buddy thank you for sure later nice suit john phillips London. I have two myself. Rumor has it Arafat buys his there. Yay! So there it is. There's the conversation between Jedi Raj and myself. Mostly spent the episode talking about the latest movie that we really, really like on Netflix. It's called The Old Guard and uh, is written by comic book writer. So that means he's a big member of the Pophead Nation already, just for the fact that he's written Batman comics and Wonder Woman comics and so many great comics over the years. Uh, Mr. Greg Rucka. The art for the comic book was done by Leandro Fernandez. Does an amazing job. It's a comic book that I can't recommend highly enough. I really, really enjoy it. It's about immortal warriors kicking ass. And again, I use the word immortal loosely. It's immortal-ish warriors. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a great movie. Charlize Theron, uh, Kiki Lane, uh, it's a great cast. It's it's got a great director. Ruckett wrote the screenplay himself, so the material is is pretty darn faithful to to what was in the book. But they didn't they didn't make changes. Ruckett was uh, uh, he had to be adaptable to uh, to to uh, Charlize and, and to the director's notes and to the producers. And uh, like I said, I think they might have crafted a a movie a, a story that was actually maybe a touch better than what happened in the, in the original comic book because. Uh, you had to kind of flesh out the characters a bit more, uh, particularly the Nile character and uh, the way she her pushback against against uh, Charlize Theron's Andy is uh, top notch stuff. I thought it was a really really strong movie. I thought it was worth uh, worth your time, worth your attention, and uh, worth uh, talking about on on the podcast today on the popcast because uh, uh, for a long time I've, I've considered Greg Ruck to be one of the most underrated writers in comic books, and and uh, it's it's nice that. Uh, 2019 and 2020 have gone so so strongly for him uh, with Stumptown on ABC and uh, now with uh, with The Old Guard on Netflix. Uh, these are these are great comic books. They're they're uh, and they've been transitioned into great shows and movies. So that's that's really great for him. I'm so happy for him. Again, one of the comic book people who uh, I've gotten to meet over the years and who I really really like. Um, I don't know. I might even try to get him on the show. We'll see how that goes. He's he's probably big time now. Probably doesn't remember me. But, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to ask. But maybe you can come on and talk about the old guard with us. It'd be a lot of fun. And maybe we'll get some Wonder Woman talk and some Batman talk. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. Hopefully. Fingers, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Like I said, big plans for the show moving forward into the 100s. This was episode 100 of the TomCast podcast. I want to thank you guys again so much for listening, for being part of the audience uh, as this show has grown and changed and, 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 and uh, hopefully evolved. Uh, since where we were when we first started, um, again, I want to I want to believe that the quality of this podcast has gone up, that my abilities to host this podcast have gone up and improved, and uh, you guys are all you guys and gals are out there having a good time listening to our show. So I want to thank everyone again who's been here from the start, who came here and halfway through, who came in two days ago. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I love doing it, and uh, I'm, I'm as long as people are listening to it, I'm going to keep doing it. 
I want to thank my, my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspinel Chody, the Batman at Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail, co-host of the Ring in Ear podcast. It's a great time if you're a music guy, music person. Uh, thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the evil circles, and the Squidmaster General himself, Mr. Brian Broussard. Thank you guys so much for being uh, members of Pophead Nation. It means the world to me. Follow the show on social media, too. That's a great way for us to engage with each other. I'm posting stuff up there. I'm at TomCastPodcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomCastPodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you are subscribed, liking the show, sharing the show, and uh, writing us five-star reviews when you can. All those things are, are, are really big helps to, to getting the word out about what we do on the TomCast Podcast. Uh, if there's a platform that we're not on, tell me what it is and I'll get us on it. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're, we're, we're in, the, in a lot of places, but we can be in more. Tell me where to go. Uh, again, that's it. This is, this is the show. <laughs> thank you guys so much for being here. We're going to be back on schedule. Uh, I, I do a special sh- uh, thank you to everyone who reached out to me last week. Uh, if you, you may know I didn't post it on the TomCast Podcasts. Uh, social media feed, uh, but if you follow me over, if you follow me over at Hoptology SD, actually it's just Hoptology now, just at Hoptology on Instagram and Twitter, uh, you you will know that we uh, there was a we had a loss in our family and um, it it, uh, it it didn't feel right to try and, and push forward with episode 100 at the time. There was a you know we we had a lot of we had a big mourning period going on at the house and I needed to make sure that I was mourning as well, but I wanted to make sure I was there for my wife during during the during the period as well. Um, so, so thank you to everyone who reached out. It, it was really nice to hear from so many people, uh, with their, with their well wishes and, and their, 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 their thoughts and prayers for us. Uh, I mean, again, that means the world to me as well. Uh, you know, we, we are a small community on the Topcast podcast, but we are a mighty community at the same time. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, many of you people, uh, many of you fine folks who listen to the show that I, uh, I, I know you on a first name basis and, uh, that's a, that's a real treat for me. Um, and if I don't know you on a first name basis, uh, reach out, introduce yourself. Uh, I, I try to be friendly and affable <laughs> in, in real life. Uh, even in these times of the COVID and wearing masks and staying six feet away from people, uh, that's all right. That's what social media is for. We can engage in real life <laughs> on our phones. Anyways, uh, once again, one more time, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for listening to the show. We're going to be back next week. You may have mentioned uh, you, you. I'm sorry. You may remember me mentioning uh, one of the idea, one of the shows we had in the works for for episode 100. Uh, slight scheduling uh, changes have occurred, but that episode will probably be episode 101. So if you remember, you'll know what's coming. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it might be a nice surprise. All right, you guys. Again, stay safe. Take care of each other. Uh, we are in uh, crazy times, but it's not the darkest timeline. There is still. Uh, there's, there's still positivity, there's still hope, there's still belief in, in the goodness of people, even though it's, it's getting harder and harder to see. We gotta believe. We gotta believe. All right, you all take care of each other and, and yourselves, and I will talk to you all very, very soon. Again, this has been Tom of the TomCast Podcast, and this is our 100th episode. Thanks for getting me here. Ciao, babes. I feel like I'm in Highlander. <laughs> What's the Highlander? It's a movie. Any good? Very good. It I... won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! <laughs> We're the Stanley Cup champions!